Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Women shelters. Shelters for abused women. That's my topic. You know, across America, cities and counties have established local homes known as safe places for women who've been abused. These are shelters. These are places where women can go, or women can go and become uh, educated in how to take care of herself better and protect herself better and advance her own interests better and to stop abuse being perpetrated upon her by a spouse or by a friend or by anybody, by anybody else. They're there to teach women how to assert themselves, how to speak up and how to deal with difficult situations in their life, particularly those situations which are associated with abuse. Now, these shelters are available. Usually a woman stays for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and maybe even a couple of months, depending on their situation. And, and then become relocated, and after they have been educated and have a support system in place, they're encouraged then to start to live again independently. Now, one of the things that's important to note is that these shelters are financed. Uh... Some shelters are totally financed by government. City government, county government, federal government. In other words, the rules and regulations and the bylaws and so on are governmental. They must be consistent with the government because they're receiving government funds and essentially they're government run. Employees are government employees, basically. They may some operate on a government grant. Others are on some kind of a government funding base through the county or through a city. On the other hand, some shelters are financed privately. They might be a private foundation that has invested money in this and basically supplies the sources of the money and the staff to provide the services to such women. And then thirdly, there are some shelters that are operated and directed and developed by a religious organization. It could be a church or it could be a nonprofit organization for a particular religious orientation and all the program and all the services are integrated with the statement of faith of that particular religious organization. So they're different. But they all have one common goal and one common purpose. That is to provide a safe place for a woman who's been abused or is highly likely to be abused and to teach self-help skills, self-communication skills, assertive communication skills, taking care of yourself, saying no, setting limits, setting boundaries, teaching skills of that nature. That's the second purpose. So it's a community source that is very worthy and necessary. They're generally all women. Now, Here's the other issue of this. Recently, when President Obama was on his way out of office, after he had already lost the election, his party had lost the election, and another party had won the election, just before he left office, in that little time frame there, he set forth a ruling, like an executive order. And here's what it allowed. He he indicated that these women shelters cannot 
exclude from admission a man who claims to be a woman. So in other words, women who have been abused by a man now has to take in a man into a shelter and sleep alongside that man, live alongside that man, participate in group therapy with that man, dress and undress with that man, talk with that man, eat with that man, and become a fellow patient with that man because of Obama and his commitment to the transgender uh, population and those that uh, are advancing that particular point of view. Now that's an abuse of women itself. So we have these abused women who come into a shelter to protect themselves from abuse. And this ruling puts men into their environment who they are afraid of and associate with abuse and now have to live with them and deal with them on a daily basis throughout the day. Women hate that. Women don't want that. But according to federal law, if you're accepting federal money, you have to allow that particular ruling to, to prevail. You have to allow your admission policy to allow men who claim to be a woman to be admitted. Now what's happened in Toronto is that a man did that. He was he admitted because he claimed to be a woman. And then within a matter of a week proceeded to rape and abuse two women in that shelter. In other words, he wasn't honest. All he did was to say that he was a transgender. All he had to say that he was interested in being a woman or that he had become a woman. And he was admitted and then had access to the very type of women that he was used to abusing and now abused again. Doesn't make any sense, does it? So here we are in a world that's changing, a world that uh, allows people to come up with some kind of an idea as to who they are, what they are, and um, then we have a world that is uh, trying to protect people who have been abused and been taken advantage of and hurt in a lot of ways and protect them. And then at the same time, create a law that says somebody can go into their life and abuse them again, put them at risk again, put them into a state of jeopardy again, create a fear within them again just by the mere fact of saying that I'm a woman and you have to admit me to a woman's shelter. So that's the world we live in. That's what's happened here recently. And I think we need to be very careful in our own little communities, wherever we are, to communicate with the shelter within your particular community to not support that law and to oppose it and to make sure that that opposition Voice, oppositional voices heard across the nation and within Washington to break down that rule and no longer allow it to take place. That rule falls under the Office of Housing and uh, Urban Development. That's Ben Carson's area. He's the secretary of that department. And he's the one that will be making a decision as to whether that law will be allowed to stand or whether he'll break it down and delete it 
from the bylaws and the admission policies of women's shelters. So we need to keep a look on that and see how that's going to unfold over the course of the coming weeks and months. Here's my view on that. If I were a director of a women's shelter and had that notice that I have to admit a man who claims to be a woman, I would go to the chief of police of that particular city, or if it's in the county, the sheriff, and say, this is a ruling that I am not in favor of, and I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to allow a man to be admitted, no matter what he says he is. Now, having said that, you ask the chief of police or you ask the sheriff, what will you do about that? Will you arrest me? Will you come in and break our place? Will you close us down? What, what are you going to do? And now, that becomes then the question. So the director of the shelter either then closes it down himself because the city is going to impose it and uh, require it. So you shut the shelter down yourself. And then the city will, the city, the citizens of the city will go up in air and uprising and oppose it and you'll get your objection. And that will change the policy. So directors are on guard, if you will, but they're on, on notice also that they can do something about it. They don't have to just accept that rule because somebody came up with it in a political agenda. They know they can go and oppose it, and then if it cannot be opposed, to close the, the shelter down. And I tell you what, the cities, the counties, the area where that shelter is located will object like you've never seen before and the policy will alter, will change. So it can be done, but it's going to have to take a strong director to stand up to this kind of ruling. Men, no matter what you call yourself, do not belong in a woman's shelter. Men have abused women, and that's why they're in women's shelters. Here's an interesting study, over long term. Men who claim to be women still continue to have a high level of violent behavior. In other words, just by calling yourself a woman does not lower or change the rate of violent behavior among men. It's still high. It doesn't change whatsoever. So you may change your identity by name or by preference in some way, but your behavior patterns don't change. A lot of other things don't change either, such as the cells of your skin. So this is an area that needs to be really dealt with strongly and firmly. And now here's an opportunity for the directors of women's shelters to stand for truth and stand for what is right and stand for what is right and good for the women of their community who have been abused. Not to allow them to be abused again or taken advantage of again and again and again. They need to be part of the solution, not part of the ongoing problem. So directors of shelters... There's your challenge. Anyway, nice to have you with me today. Thanks for joining me on the uh, podcast. And um, 
Look forward to having you join us again. And remember this, this podcast is now available on Spotify. Spotify has is a app of a lot of music, but they also have podcasts. And I've been invited to submit my podcast to Spotify. They've accepted it, and it's now on there. Every program can be accessed through Spotify. And we're also celebrating the fact that now we have exceeded 30,000 hits, 30,000 listenings to the podcast, The Psychology Report. So we're moving forward. Thanks for being part of the audience and being part of our support team. Bye for now.